You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. Welcome to the exciting world of the movies. Hello and welcome to this Thanksgiving feast edition of the Movie Graveyard. We're pleased to be back with a film that's so hungry, so thirsty. It's going to be leaving you wanting seconds, thirds, and fourths. That's how good this movie is. But in a, everybody, you know me, obviously, but I want to kick off. We have yet another guest uh, movie grave digger here. I'm bringing in the heavy guns for the holiday season. No ifs, ands, or buts. I am joined tonight by Zach from Mac and Zach Save the World. Zach, welcome to this show. What's up, baby? <laughs> Not much. We're I'm just... on the I'm on the fucking graveyard, baby. You finally got on. Hell yeah. <laughs> it, it 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 took a while for us to um just to uh break down the background a little bit. Uh Zach's been just just like anybody who knows my podcasting background, he's been bouncing around so he's actually done several show different shows over the years. But uh, mm-hmm. he finally reached out and said, hey, what's up? I heard about the graveyard. I know about it. You know, could I stop by sometime? And I said, of course. I'm always willing to, you know. I, I, we I, had to work our way up, though. I had to get fucking uh, the Vatican had to approve yeah. me of the graveyard and shit. Yeah, everything. Like, you had to get fully cleared to be able to come in here, grab a shovel, and help dig up these films. And Oh, uh, yeah. And this one was actually your pick tonight, but I, but as soon as you said it, I was all about it because this is a film I have a long, uh, long uh, history with. So I guess I, yeah. I, I guess we'll just uh, jump back into it here, get into the film here, and then you and I will become acquainted more. This is the first time, that, like like anything can happen right now. Like your MP3 player or phone might just blow up because this show is so exciting. Because not only is this is the first time Zach and I have podcast together, this is the first time we actually spoken together. Mm-hmm. Anything could happen. I bet there's some people too. They probably think uh, you you could be somebody else working under a code name. <laughs> exactly. I stole fucking Corey G's gimmick. Yeah, you stole his voice. So for those old school fans who drop off when Corey G um, not just left the show, but when he decided you know he was done with the podcasting, I have to admit, Zach, this is the first time I've admitted publicly, the ratings for the show dropped in half. So, really? No pressure, but 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 maybe you know your Corey G stylings and musings. You know you're not Corey G. We can never replace the 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 great Corey G. But but maybe maybe you can just fill his shoes a little bit. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll win like two or three of those listeners back. You never know. <laughs> but anyway, we're gonna get it rolling. As always, we do a sync instruction with the film, the amazing and brilliant critters. Um, we're actually rolling off different versions. I'm rolling off the DVD. Zach is rolling off the Blu-ray. But uh, mm-hmm. the one thing you can kind of find in common is if you if you start playing the movie, and you might have the new New Line logo attached to it, but eventually it will play the old one where it's like red and black lines flashing. Mm-hmm. So on the DVD, this is the 22-second mark. We got a uh, pause where it says, From New Line Cinema, you can actually read it with a black background. On my Blu-ray, it's a six-second mark. So as soon as it says from and it stops uh, flashing, yes. paused. So I guess DVD twenty two second mark, Blu ray six second mark, because mm-hmm. they they loaded up this DVD with a bunch of garbage. Why I have no idea. 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, so I'm going to say one, two, three, go. And when I say go, we'll hit play on our remotes. Everybody, get ready. Critters, one, two, three, go. Hell yeah, and that's re- freaking red on black. That That's not, you know, colorblind friendly. They don't give a fuck. If you they, can't see the red, they don't you don't care. get to go on this journey to Critters with us. Now, I always saw this name, uh, these producers, Smart Egg Pictures, on movies back in the day. I always thought that was like the weird <laughs> like name for a production company. Yeah, never heard of it. It had to be something that grew out of the Critters thing, because, you know, like the double entendre of the egg. with the Probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I gotta say, like, we're just watching this for the first time in many years the other day. Like, I, I have such a long history. And by the way, I've been enjoying those uh, Ghoulies episodes that you and uh, Mac have been doing on Mac and Zack Save the World. And Mac yeah. was actually lucky enough. He got to meet a Ghoulie. Very sexy mm-hmm. Ghoulie, too. I saw he, he did a photo in a, looked like a bedroom with a sexy Ghoulie <laughs> with a long evening gown on and long hair. Yeah. Usually Ghoulies don't have sexy long hair like that, but the one that Mac met did. But anyway... I, I just wanted to bring this up because I know you, I'm, I, I'm, I'm certain that you guys are considerably younger than me, Zach. This is how old I am. I remember seeing not only Ghoulies, but Critters in a movie theater. Hell yeah. The same movie theater, in fact. Yeah, so. I'm jealous. Yeah, and like, I guess technically Critters was kind of my first date. I was probably like seven years old and uh, it took like a friend. Uh, like my mom and dad took me and this this friend, uh, mm-hmm. really really a friend of the family, and and I, I don't know why like like the girl made me uh, sit with her separate away from my parents. So my parents sat in like the middle of the theater, and we sat in like the fifth row to watch Critters. Hell yeah! But look yeah. at the look at these! Oh god! <laughs> I know. I got a real like basically the movie starts out in outer space, and I think this is what kind of separates. Uh, critters away from all the um you know the other gremlins ripoffs out there mm-hmm. is uh this kind of starts out i have like a real like low budget return of the jedi vibe with this like mm-hmm. like you're in this this space prison these dank and dark uh, monsters there's about four or five of them creeping around in the shadows you don't get to see them real good and then finally there's like this kind of like uh i guess he's <laughs> i guess he's like a uh a, a quadriplegic gentleman i don't know <laughs> alien yeah <laughs> he's got like a flying wheelchair <laughs> Never shows up again in the series. <laughs> Never. They were just they, they didn't like him. They were like, fuck that guy. Bob Shea was like the makeup rotted away and while it was in storage, we're not gonna reuse the character. Mm-hmm. See, as a kid I always thought these guys had tortillas on their head. It kinda does look like that. But like they I, just put a tortilla over their head and just made a look spray some glow in the dark paint on it or something. Yeah, like uh <laughs> I think that's a cartoon effect where it makes their faces glow. Mm-hmm. But uh, but 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 the the like color and shade that the glowing is it kind of reminds me of like those glow in the dark stickers you had as a kid you like put them on mm-hmm. a light then you flip the lights off. Yep. But for some reason this scene they're not glowing. It's like the only scene of the movie their faces aren't glowing. Yeah. When they walk in the shadows, the cartoon glow goes away. <laughs> <laughs> but they're they're like internet. Well, I shouldn't say international. They're intergalactic bounty hunters. Like I feel like they uh, were drawing inspiration from. Uh, you know, like Boba Fett or something. Yeah, we gotta talk about. We gotta settle the debate once and for all. Who's the better fucking bounty hunter, Charlie Bounty Hunter or Dog? Mm, I'm gonna go with probably Charlie. 
Cause, oh yeah, because because dog can only like pretty much you know catch uh, meth heads on the islands of Hawaii. <laughs> exactly. Where, where the, Charlie the bounty hunter, he can like go everywhere pretty much. He's a fucking bootleg bounty hunter. He is dog. He doesn't hold a candle to Charlie. So I gotta say, like, as far as like you know, because this movie is very short. This movie is what eighty-five minutes long. Mm-hmm. We're, we're we're literally not even five minutes yet into the runtime. We're like four and a half minutes in. We know the premise of this movie. Bam. Mm-hmm. There's no more fucking around with this. Simple. You know who directed this movie, by the way? No. Who? Oh man. Uh, now his name is. I'm drawing a blank on his name, but the same motherfucker that did one of the greatest movies ever made, Bill and Ted: Excellent Adventure. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was looking at that. Stephen Herrick. Yeah. That's my boy. You looking forward to the new Bill and Ted movie? Oh, hell yeah. I love Bill and Ted. (laughs) (laughs) Again, old old enough to see them in a theater. Hell yes. Bogus Journey. (laughs) Bogus Journey is one of my favorite movies. I love Bogus Journey. I think I probably liked the first one better just because it was the original, but Bogus Journey Mm -hmm. is good. Like, when Bogus Journey came out, it, it, like, I don't know, like, it kind of felt like, um, like people didn't like it or something. Really? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It just had like a. I don't even know if it was like a weird like. They let us down as much as like the moment had passed. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. <laughs> like two years later was too late. You know, some movies they wait like twelve years to make the sequel, like Avatar, and people are like, "Oh, it's just too late." Bill and mm-hmm. Ted's obviously. It seemed like you needed to get that sequel out like in six months. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> The director, Stephen Herrick, also directed one of my favorite movies, Mr. Holland's Opus. Oh, yeah, I never saw that. Yeah, it's actually pretty good. I haven't seen it in 25 years, but it was good when it came out. This guy's name's Billy Greenbush. Why do you, why'd they name him that? I don't know why, because he, he doesn't seem to, to me at least, he doesn't appear to be a Native American gentleman, which to me that sounds yeah. like a, a, you know, a Native name. Or he just has a green bush. Maybe he's related to the Jolly Green Giant or something. He could. That's what I was thinking. You you come along and give like a, a real thing. I, I, I think like a cartoon character. Yeah. <laughs> now, I was looking up the sister. I was looking at the IMDb page. And the sister in this movie, she really didn't do much like after this. But she's actually not bad uh, actress. Yeah, I forgot her name. Nadine something. Yeah. And um, obviously, too, we we, we can't uh, go without mentioning that you know D. Wallace Stone played the mom, which which I Milf. thought was yeah, Gilf now, but um hell yeah, but I, but it, what's funny though is obviously she was the mom in E. T. Everybody knows hell that, yeah. but what mm-hmm. people don't know is E. T. was originally slated before uh, Spielberg rewrote it. It was originally supposed to be like a horror movie, like the aliens are supposed to be you know malicious. Which is oh, kind of yeah. funny, because this kind of is like the malicious version of E.T., if you think about it. I guess this script was written before E.T. was uh, finished, too. Yeah, it's kind of funny, because uh, just uh, for people who aren't old enough to remember, E.T. came out like around 82. Uh, Gremlins came out around 86. I'm sorry, 84. Didn't this come out like 86? Yeah, 86. So yeah. This, this being the late movie... The, you know the alien whatever movie to the to the to the sh- picture I guess, and it, when it, ever since this movie came out, 
you get that that upright now oh no we were making critters for years it took us 10 years to make critters we were not influenced by anyone or anything not at all meanwhile there's like a whole scene where a critter attacks an et doll <laughs> exactly <laughs> they might have put that in there just because d wallace is in both movies yeah i think they probably had to a way to be like yeah you thought you saw you thought you saw the you know a movie with the fucking the aliens in there no we, we we're gonna take the cake yeah we're gonna we're gonna like like you could almost argue if you really want to be like one of these 2019 comic book nerds you could almost argue that that uh, the critter attacking the et plush doll was the beginning of the critters versus et cinematic universe hell yeah that's what they need to do <laughs> yeah who would win? Who would win out of all the freaking alien horror? Like, uh, oh. Ghoulies, Critters, E.T. Is Ghoulies aliens, though? I thought they were demons. Yeah, yeah, they're not aliens. My bad. Yeah. Um, they come out of the toilet. Yeah. They're shit I'm, demons. I'm thinking the alien, like the H.R. Giger alien, uh, would probably win because literally <laughs> it could kill all the other aliens by attaching to its face and mm. like, making new ones, you know what I mean? Hell yeah. We got Charlie, baby. So this is another, you know, you don't watch a movie for like a long time or whatever. This is like another one where um, all of a sudden I had a shocking revelation when I watched this the other night, Zach. Is I remember Charlie as a kid. I thought he was like a funny guy, you know, town drunk. Back in that days, you know, the, the town drunk was always a comedic figure, not a tragic figure. But mm-hmm. as soon as I saw him on the screen, I was like, holy shit. Uh, take take a look at him. Take a look at the way he's dressed. His even a little bit of his hair, but especially his shirt. This is the character that Tom Hanks stole for Forrest Gump. Yeah, <laughs> it, I swear to God, isn't it the exact same wardrobe? Like exactly. <laughs> what if that's it? What if he owes his whole career? Well, I guess he was. That wasn't his biggest role. Probably. Well, I don't know. Yeah, he was he was famous before. Yeah, he was famous before, but that was you know he. He he mimicked Charlie the Drunk and got Oscar Gold. Mm-hmm. Hey, Charlie, he was in all the sequels, baby. He's in two, three, and four. Until recently, uh, the Sci-Fi Channel made a new one called Critters Attack, and he's not in that one. I saw that. I don't think he's also in the web series either. They made a web series for phones, and then they eventually... Oh, yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. I haven't seen Did you that. watch either of those? Okay. No, I haven't seen past Critters 2, to be honest. See, I'm a big fan of the series. I like all of them. I even like three and four. This is uh this is kind of funny, but um, the uh, when I when I lived in um, Los Angeles, I worked at a Best Buy in Burbank, and you know how the all those movies they have the um, the, the the also Killer Clowns. They have all the creatures made by the Chiodo Brothers. Mm-hmm. Well, like. Like, one of my jobs in the warehouse was to pack up people who uh, did, like, big internet orders, you know? And, we, and oh, yeah. like, obviously being in Burbank, there's a lot of production companies. I had an order that I had to put together from the Chiodo Brothers. So I packed it all up, and I kept hanging out, like, the rest of the day, peeking in. Because I wanted to meet them, or at least meet somebody who worked with them when they picked it up. But I never I never did get to uh, meet one of the Chiodo Brothers. They picked that shit up, uh, I guess, on my off day or something. Damn. And, and, and I was scouring the. I'll be honest. I was scouring the uh, the the info on the order to see if I could figure out the address of where their their offices were located because I was going to go down, ask for a job. 
Yeah, you can you can find them on uh, Facebook now. They, they usually talk to you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, here's that song they made for the movie. Yeah, so so this guy uh, in the movie, he's the Johnny Steele, the rock star, and then the bounty hunters because they have those tortilla heads. They have to like mimic, and I think that's kind of like the coolest part of the movie. They have to mimic somebody. So they mimic Johnny Steele, the rock star. But this guy, I looked him up. He actually was a musician, this actor guy. Mm-hmm. And he really did this song for the movie. Yeah. I don't know if that's really his hair, though. <laughs> yeah. I always love these effects, too, when they're changing. Yeah, you get a little bit of cartoon electricity, but then they do like that wax dummy melt. Like mm-hmm. and then like in reverse, so then it builds back up into the guy's face, which like yeah, those, yeah, those are the type of effects that literally take weeks to to make and then days to film because you have to slowly like melt the shit off. And mm-hmm. I th- I think there was a similar effect right in uh, Return of the Living Dead with Tar Man. Mm-hmm. That's dog. It is. See, see, people, that's real special effects, not your hokey cartoon bullshit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we didn't mention Bradley Brown, the main kid in the movie. Oh, he looks like powder there. Yeah, Grimes. Um, yeah, he, him okay. and another actor in this movie went on. They were on episodes of uh, Next Generation Star Trek. Uh, yeah, do you, are you were you a fan of Star Trek at all? Um, like not extensively. I want to say I pretty much was pretty faithful with the first season of Star Trek: Next Generation, and then I just slowly dropped off. You know, catching yeah. episodes well, here and there. Scott Grimes now he's on the show Orville, which is likes the, that show. I see. And that. yeah, is I, he, I, is I he palling around with what's his name, McFarland, <laughs> being butt buddies with him. I think they are. Yeah, yeah. he's in like uh, all of his stuff. See, for a while, I always thought like, oh man, I just I can't get on board with McFarland's comedy. I I don't get it. And like, uh, yeah, I saw the Orville, and I really like it. Yeah, I, I have to say, like, I've seen more of his movies that he's been in, and, like, they were fine or whatever. I think the last one I saw was The Old Day to, to whatever it is, whatever, A Million Ways to Die in the West, and it was okay. Oh, yeah. Here, here the kid blew up a uh, perfectly good uh, Star Wars toy, but it, in order to, uh, like, evade the copyright claim from George Lucas, they did you notice they spray-painted it all silver so you wouldn't know that it was a, a Y-Wing bomber? <laughs> I didn't notice. Yeah. You're not fooling me, Critters. I know them Star Wars toys. Exactly. See, I always thought Charlie was cool, man. I always wanted a fucking grown-up that I could pal around with as a kid. And yeah, you don't know as a kid, but that guy might fucking rape you. So you yeah. can't do that. Yeah, I think it would be likely. I mean, not not Charlie, the character in the movie, but if the, the real-life equivalent, that's pretty much how it usually goes down. Exactly. And see, his dad don't care. He's like, yeah, you can hang out with Charlie. He's harmless. Yeah, like, you really don't see it anymore. But there was always, like, um, in old movies, whether they be, like, old period movies or just movies, like you know, modern-day movies like this that took place in old towns or whatever, um, there was always, like, a a lovable drunk. But in real Mm -hmm. life, like, the town drunk is never lovable. Yeah. And there's usually, like, way more than just one town drunk in every town Mm-hmm. Oh, we got the Billy Zane. I know Billy Zane pulling up with in hair. This, with hair. But, I I don't know if Billy Zane's hair did him a favor or not by uh, falling out. To be honest with you, because he had some like it kind of looks good in this. But any other movie you see Billy Zane and um, 
his hair is like a rat's nest. Oh yeah, this is probably the only movie I've seen him with hair in. Yeah, I'm trying. I know there was Dead Calm, but it was it was pretty uh, it was pretty nasty even in Dead Calm. <laughs> he it, it, and and like also too like here he has a I think it's a 1983 Porsche 944. Uh, you ever notice like back then you could also like build a whole character in a movie based around what car they drove. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like that's his only redeeming quality. Like that's the only reason that uh, the sister is dating him. Yeah. Did you notice Charlie's kind of an idiot? He was like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna try to shoot that can with the slingshot." Yeah. And right behind the can was that car, and right by that was was the chick. Yeah, He's lucky he hit the chick. Yeah, like, hit her right it, next. Like to take it, <laughs> take a dent like that out. They're probably even back then. Probably be like at least four hundred bucks. Billy Zane would have kicked his ass. He would have. And that's another thing, too, is uh, Billy Zane, like, he's like the new rich boy in town from, I think, I can't remember if they say he's from New York or what, but, uh, but yeah, I have a hard time believing that that a rich guy with a car like that would be such a nice guy, and he'd be, like, all all shucks and whatever. Like, mm-hmm. like when, when I seen how he was, like, being in this movie, it reminded me of his character from Demon Knight, where he's like, oh, you po dunk, ho shuck, oh, gee, golly, shit, shit motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna ask you uh, if you remember the first time you watched this too, and you already mentioned you saw it in the theater. I was gonna say like I don't even remember the first time I watched. This is one of those movies that it seemed like I was born knowing this movie. You know what was so weird was it was I, I like I do remember very vividly because uh, of how I described it, like uh, going to see this. It, it was actually like the theater that was like within walking distance of my first house. I, I kind of grew up in. So I have a, like mm-hmm. I actually have more memories of that theater than any, which is weird because like I I was like the youngest like we moved away from there when I was like eleven years old but but yeah like I I know I definitely watched it like on cable and shit like afterwards but like it kind of blew me away when I watched this movie again Zach that like there's so many fucking parts that I remember like that were like not just vaguely familiar but lines of dialogue how people said them. Like, the way Billy Zane kind of talks here in a minute when his mouth is full of food or whatever it is. Like, <laughs> there's so much shit in this movie. I'm like, I must have seen this movie, like, literally 30 times on cable. You know what I mean? Exactly. Oh, he's got the fucking mashed potatoes. That's dog shit. I know. And he's he's acting them like he he's he's eating them like he's never had mashed potatoes before in his life, because you know how like you scoop them up and you put like the big wad of mashed potatoes. He puts like a wad of mashed potatoes and you see he kind of like sucked them off. So then there was like more mashed potatoes left on like the base of the fork. That's not how you eat mashed potatoes. Hell yeah, fucking noob. I know. Like, isn't it just weird, like, watching, like, Dee Wallace here? Like, she's too young and too pretty to look like somebody who has, like, teenage children. You know what I mean? Like, the, mm-hmm. they should have got an older lady to play the mom. She was typecast at this point already. Yep. As the alien mom. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of don't get the point of the punishment of, like, like they send the kid. Because, you know, so it was really actually Charlie by accident, but... um. They send the kid up to his room with no dinner, and then, like, uh, they just end up bringing him dinner, like, right after they're done eating anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm. They should just let him come down and eat. Yeah, that's how they always do. They always feel bad that they, yeah. oh, I, I can't let that be how I punish my kid. He's going to fucking starve to death. Right. But meanwhile, the kid's, like, becoming the Unabomber upstairs. Mm-hmm. I always thought that was just, like, a, a toilet paper roll. That was taped up. That's pretty much what it looks like. 
Mm. Now that we're like 20 minutes in the movie, I guess it's a good time for me to turn my, turn on my subtitle so I actually know what they're saying. <laughs> now that they're just going down to the barn, this is, this, he knows how to do it. Yeah, I didn't understand this. Like they they play it off like they're going to go out, like I guess to see a movie or something. But like uh, Billy Zane lets the girl drive his Porsche, and like they literally like what would you say that that was about twenty five feet? They pull it behind a barn that's like right next to the house. You're telling yeah. me the dad like it's not even hidden behind the barn. You can still, <laughs> clearly see like like if the if somebody needed to like go somewhere, and actually they are going somewhere because the dad has bowling alley night or whatever bowling league night. Yeah. Aren't they going to see that shit parked there? Like aren't they going to know that they're fucking in the barn? Like you completely forgot about that. Yeah, that, that wouldn't no work sense. at all. It makes no sense. Unless she was just figuring like, oh yeah, we'll do it real quick and then we'll leave. Yeah. Before he leaves. I will give credit to Critters is this kid's uh, room is pretty messy. It's pretty realistic. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times like you see these uh, 80s movies and they have all the toys laid out perfectly. It looks like a child never touched them, you know? Mm-hmm. You know what, too? She might be one of those people that like, uh, they, she's got a fetish for her dad walking in on them. That could be. And I noticed, too, that when he was at the dinner table, the dad, like, looking back now, the, the dad kind of reminds me, he looks like an older version of Colin Farrell a little bit. If they ever remake the movie. Yeah, they'll get Colin Farrell. They should just have fucking uh, Grimes come back and play the main character. <laughs> yeah, he looks about the same with his red-ass freckles and shit. And uh, you know who they would get now, though? They have to get Jacob Tremblay. <laughs> Star of Room and The Predator. <laughs> oh, yeah. Remember when Jacob Tremblay, all uh, 11 years uh, old and uh, nine, like 73 pounds of him, he took on The Predator <laughs> mm-hmm. in the lowest grossing entry into the franchise yet? He's recently on uh, Dr. Sleep, too. I was like, where have I seen that kid before? Yeah, I miss Dr. Sleep. Not playing in my podunk motherfucker mm-hmm. town anymore. I'm very sad about that, actually. I saw it. What did you think of it? I was a little underwhelmed. I, it wasn't that it was a bad movie. Like, if I had to judge it by, like, oh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's probably, you know, right in the middle. I, uh, you know, but uh, as a sequel to The Shining, I was like, yeah, I'm underwhelmed. Yeah, I don't feel like this continues the story. It just seems like he wrote something and was like, I want more people to see this so I'm going to read it, so I'm going to shoehorn Shining into it. Yeah, it's just like, um, that was like the one thing I was kind of apprehensive about with it, was I was like, like it's not really a sequel to The Shining, so why are they, like they did everything in their power to market that way, market it that way, and like you could tell that kind of wasn't really what was going on, but um but then I was like, well, this is kind of like an interesting premise on its own or whatever. But then mm-hmm. I would just like, I never could like, in my mind, I never, like, you and McGregor never seemed like he was that little kid in The Shining. <laughs> like, just, yeah, he never does. Like. Yeah, <laughs> He's very like uh, one dimensional throughout the movie too. Yeah. I still want to see it though. I'll give it a chance. Mm-hmm. I'll watch it again. I'll have uh, Netflix uh, send me a Blu-ray through the mail like it's 2005 because that's the way I roll. Mm-hmm. This is a great scene. I always remember this from when I was a kid when the, the alien spaceship flies over 
Because cause Charlie was... A, he was kind of like a Travis Walton type guy. He was always talking about aliens and shit and being abducted. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's a great actual shot of like a fake little road and a spaceship there, though. Mm-hmm. There, like the miniature work, there's a few times it looks kind of fakey in this movie. But I would say 80% of the time, like the spaceship and miniature work and models and shit for how low budget this movie probably really was, it's pretty good. Hell yeah. Johnny Steele. He's back, Look at that. Baby. He's playing every. He's playing on MTV and out of space. <laughs> like, I don't think they got cable out here in the middle of nowhere. He's, he's just broadcasting terrestrially. The moms are watching him. I have to say I miss that, like, you ever see, like, old movies where, like, the same shit's always playing on TV no matter where they go, or the same song's always on the radio? Yeah, because they can only afford one. Yeah, so like, I don't, know, I don't know if you've ever seen, like, the movie called uh, The Last American Virgin, but Devo's oh, with yeah. it, it plays in, like, every pizza parlor that they go into in that whole movie, they just keep, you just keep hearing the same, like, it, it kind of, like, it's catchy in a way, you know, it gets it stuck in your head. Mm-hmm. And that's got the the chick that from uh, Bill and Ted, one of the babes, full oh, yeah. circle. Yeah, everything. But she was replaced in the second movie, Bogus Journey, for some reason. And uh, did you see that uh, there? All of them are replaced yet again in the third one. Like, yeah, they got women that were like way younger than what they should be. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, I saw. No, I saw who's good. They. Uh, I don't know if they showed who's playing the babes, but they showed who's playing Bill and Ted's daughters. Mm. That might be what you're thinking of. No, I'm pretty sure that I looked it up on the cast list because I'm like, well, who are these girls? Because they weren't the original and they weren't the oh, replacements. Okay. And I looked up their ages, and I want to say, you know, like like uh, Keanu and what's his name, Alex Winter, in their mid fifties. I think these mm. girls are like in their late thirties. Mm. Okay. Because, you know, that's how Hollywood rolls. We can't have a, a, a woman with wrinkles and stuff. <laughs> exactly. Fucking DeReeves, though. We'll, we'll bring back DeReeves. Yeah. Because he's DeReeves. Yeah, he never ages. Mm-hmm. When I look at Keanu Reeves, I said, this man, you know, he, he stopped aging at age 43. Mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of like the... Uh, the uh, formatting of this movie in terms of like the 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 guy who technically is really the first uh, victim of the critters is actually the dad. Oh yeah, is he or is it the boyfriend first? I'm trying to think. Yeah, maybe it is the boyfriend because it happens back to back. I think you're right. I think mm-hmm. it is the boyfriend. But um, as far as the main characters, because the um. I don't even think the one uh, cop has died yet that we totally didn't even talk about because literally he just shows up to die. <laughs> yeah. Like, I remember the guy who plays the cop and he dies right away. I remember that guy. It seemed like he was, like, on a lot of sitcoms and commercials in the 80s. Mm-hmm. I think he was the other guy that was in uh, Star Trek with uh, along with Bradley Brown. Oh, I think you're right. Was he the guy? Was he the guy who wore all the makeup or was he the bartender guy? I can't remember. I don't remember either. I just saw that in the trivia while I was getting ready. Oh, this sets them apart from uh, other aliens. They talk. Yeah, they do. I actually liked it that they talk, too. Obviously, it's all within subtitles because they're not speaking English, but. Mm-hmm. I guess it's like a mixture of French and something else. Yeah. Yeah, I was jumping ahead. It's not the part where the dad gets attacked. This is just the part where they go and they find this. Well, actually, they don't find the spaceship. They walk somehow. They walk right past it, Mrs. Glowing spaceship, but they find the 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 one cow out in the pasture that's been eaten to death. 
Yeah, this is something they never did in the uh, sequels either. No. They uh, eat the cows. Obviously, just like, oh, trying to explain that phenomenon that happens and whatever. I'll be honest, I kind of don't, other than maybe it just was too hard for him to try and redo, but I'm kind of surprised this is one of the movies uh, old Michael Bay didn't get his hands on in the mid-2000s, because this would have been super cheap to remake. Mm-hmm. I was hearing hearing you guys, but I, I get mixed up. I guess it was you, I guess it was you and uh, Aaron. I, I, yeah, I listened to you guys do, talk about the the Nightmare on Elm Street remake, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and I agree a thousand percent with you on all those Michael Bay remakes. Gray cinematography, <laughs> no story, slow mm-hmm. pacing, no special effects payoffs ever. Just trash. Oh yeah. See, I'm surprised he didn't do this now that you mention it. Yeah, I know. It just looked greener. Yeah, just greener. <laughs> yeah. And it'd probably be all CG. It'd be looking like the Lankaliers and shit. Well, the thing, too, is, like, when you when you turn shit all green or all gray, like, you can really use, like, any footage you want. He, he probably could have recycled half the movie of the original movie, just turned it gray or green, and then mm-hmm. we would have never noticed. Yeah, uh, here's here's where the cop dies. Yeah, he sees a tumbleweed roll across the the road, which but it's really a critter. Mm-hmm. Like it's compl- see, if I was him, I'd just keep going. Oh yeah, like like he's like worried about hitting like this this bush that like it doesn't even look like a dog or a cat, but he he rams his uh his car into the into the gutter there for no reason. But I I kind of like these like old movies, like these small town movies where they always attach so much significance to like the, the sign on the outskirts of town. You ever notice that they're always mm-hmm. either driving past it or they're, they got to stop there and have a scene like back to the future. He always parks the car behind like yeah. the, the thing and all that. I kind of like that. Cause it's like, it's obviously so phony. Cause what are the chances that like in real life, anything would happen next to a like welcome to Grover's bin sign. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I guess it's called Grover's Bend to, uh, as a nod to uh, the uh, War of the Worlds thing. Yeah, I did. That, that, that was on the, was on the news, and people thought it was real. So people were like shooting up outside their houses. See, if there really is aliens, that's why the government hides it. It's because right. those guys. Because everybody would just be running around like in the streets. See, I like to think if there is aliens, they they look like the critters because they're cool. Yeah, I would think. That. I mean, I would think aliens would probably be really small too. Because I mean, like, what is what is it? You're like you're going through space, like unless you build some like giant star destroyer thing. Like their ships are small; they're going to be small themselves. Hell yeah! See, I, I always remember this scene from being a kid. Yep, I think this scene is like pretty much in the trailer too, from what I remember. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the shots of this. I still got my VHS copy of this, and it looks brand new. Really? Mm-hmm. When? How long ago did you score that? Um, I was probably like eleven or something. Wow! I think I, I found it at Kmart before they went out of business. Well, Cr- well, Critters was uh, well, they still would have been in business when you were eleven years old. <laughs> it's not like they, yeah. not they, they perished in the last year, not two decades. Yeah, ago. well, there, there's. They went out of business in my town a long time. I forgot that they the whole company went under. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, that makes more sense. Now I remember when Kmart was kind of dope because uh, 
I, I remember, I can't even, the years blend together, but whenever Dawn of the Dead came out on DVD, I remember my friend picking up Dawn of the Dead at Kmart. Uh-huh. I remember around the town, around the time my small town got a Walmart. That's around the time uh, the people stopped going to Kmart, and it, you know, it shut down recently, pretty quick after that. But like, right before they shut down, I remember going in there one time, and it's like, whoa, they got like uncensored music now, because for a long time, yeah. they always didn't have like they censored the music, and uh, Walmart still does that. So around the time I find out, oh, they don't do that anymore. They go out of business. <laughs> exactly. That's that's really weird to think about. Like that Walmart still censors music. That's you can't get it uncensored. That's yeah. really weird. Yeah, I remember that. Like, I want to say like when White Zombie was out. I remember reading an article because like we had WalMarts, but not like extremely close. So like I just usually and plus we still had records and tape stores where I grew up. So like that's where we generally bought our music. Mm-hmm. And I remember like like reading that shit, and I was like. Oh, yeah, like, never buy music from there, ever. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, and like, I remember, like, when, like, PS2 came out, I was, like, in my early 20s. And I I went, and um, it just was the closest thing to, like, where I was driving by. I just, I knew there was a Walmart up ahead, so I got off the expressway. It was, like, right on the expressway. So I got off there, and I I wanted to buy Twisted, uh, I think it was called Twisted Metal Black for PS2. That was a dank game. Yeah, and and I went into Walmart and the lady carded me so I could buy Twisted Metal. <laughs> and I was like, this is hokey. Like it's a fucking car game. Like I mean, I guess it was rated mature or something, but still mm-hmm. I was like, oh my god. And I was so obviously like not a kid, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. These are great, too, because, you know, in the age of CGI, every creature now is 10 foot tall, CGI, whatever. But back in the day, when they had to make all them, like, little handheld puppets, you got to have all those great uh, point-of-view shots of them running along the ground and everything. Mm-hmm. I miss that. It was a good way to hide the identity of the killer. It was. It was. But then, it's funny, because, like, after that, like, once we see Jason, we don't need any point-of-view shots anymore. No. So, it loses something that those early movies had. Exactly. Or in the later ones, every time they do the point-of-view, and it turns out it's not Jason. Yeah. <laughs> I hate that shit. Yeah, later on they try to do that, but, you know, if you're not, if you're seeing a point-of-view, you know it's not Jason. Exactly. So, it's like, they're trying to fake you out, but it's so obviously, like, you know. Okay, here here's where the the dad gets it. So we had the cop get it, Billy Zane get it. I don't even know if Billy did Billy Zane get it yet. Not yet. Yeah. yeah. So the dad's gonna get it second. He don't die, of course. But yeah, this movie only has a, a a body count of two. I know. I was reading that, and like it's pretty like nonstop action once it gets going. So it's surprising, but I guess mm-hmm. it is PG thirteen. Oh yeah. I always forget that. See, you said you haven't seen uh, three and four. I've I've grew up with this whole series, and I always really liked it. You know what's funny is like uh, every I swear every like uh, video store I went to never had part four, so I never knew it existed. Wow! Because like you couldn't get on the internet back then. So like I always thought like part three it ends with a to be continued ending. So they they set it up for another one and never got to make it. They left and you then. 
Yeah, I remember I was getting, like, uh, I was at a friend's house at some point, and he had part four, like, recorded from, like, uh, HBO or something. I was like, I didn't even know this existed. And that's the one where they're in space the whole time. Yeah, I wonder if, I can't remember, I was looking up trivia the other day, but I can't remember, was that, like, a deal where they shot three and four back-to-back or something? It was. Yeah, yeah I never knew that. Yeah, because It's was- funny. It's it's funny because it did kind of end up at, at, like working out like that because in part four they set it up for an obvious part five that never happened. Right. Yeah, I'd tell you, but it's a it's a spoiler. Oh, okay, I'll I'll wait till I get the Blu-ray box set. Black Friday is right on the corner. Hopefully, it will go on sale for me. Hell yeah! And uh, that reminds me too. Remember that I sent you a picture of that guy who has that replica of the critter. Oh yeah, yeah. I was like. I gotta get one. Where the hell did you get that? And I find out, yeah, it's actually one of a kind, and it was made from an original mold from the Chiodo Brothers uh, from Part Two, and I guess it was made by uh, I forget his name, but he, he does a lot of effects. He did like Seed of Chucky and some other movies, uh, like The Hobbit. Um, but he made it, and uh, apparently it's better than the originals because it's gonna last forever. He he made it like last forever and uh whereas the old ones you know they fall apart yeah they run like a year or two yeah and i guess uh, uh he was at like a comic con or something that the guy was at and uh, he he offered us like can i buy that and i guess he had to take out a loan to buy it holy shit <laughs> i don't know if i'll take out a loan to yeah, he's, uh he, he's a fucking creatures fanatic though yeah, because I was looking at that one too, that picture, and uh, it's really good. Because like the critter, it's like it's not just like all black fur; like it has like gray in its beard and shit. Like it's really like detailed. Like it, it literally is like screen used quality. Mm-hmm. And I guess uh, they used it for the box set cover or something. Oh yeah, yeah, it does look familiar. They might have painted it to over it or whatever. You ever hear that weird story? There was like some kind of like Planet of the Apes box set or whatever, and like they wanted to put a picture of I think Doctor Zaius, and um, they couldn't find one, or they did, or there's some licensing thing they couldn't use one, or they didn't have one that like fit the image they wanted. So oh, yeah. they, they ended up they're like we'll we'll make up a new like we'll just get an actor and put Doctor Zaius makeup on it. And they ended up getting the horror movie director, Adam Green. So there's, like, some weird Planet of the Apes box set. If you see, like, a weird kind of off Dr. Zayas, it's Adam wow. Green under the makeup. <laughs> I never knew that. Yeah, because, like, you see, you see these, like, these DVD covers or whatever, and you just assume that it's just an old photo, like a stock photo from a movie or something. But, mm-hmm. yeah. Is it, like, uh, overseas or something? I can't remember. I can't remember what it was, and it was like some shit where like he he didn't want he wasn't like allowed to say for like a number of years that it was him. Oh yeah. But uh, yeah, finally, because I used to listen to his podcast for a little bit before I got tired of it. Oh uh, yeah. It got it just just ran its course kind of, but um, mm. eventually you just don't want to hear a guy talk about his uh, divorce anymore. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there's a. Uh, uh, if you if you look up on his area scope thing, he did a blog entry on at June eighteenth, two thousand eight, uh, from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember a, I remember like, I think I might have even had one of the box sets, but I, it was a DVD one. 
Mm. And I know they put out more than one, but I don't think it was the one I had. Yeah, I have the first Planet of the Apes on Blu-ray. And then, like, I never actually opened it, but, like, when it got real cheap, I bought, like, the DVD box set that came with that monkey head. You ever see that one? Mm-hmm. I yeah, that's the one I had. Yeah, it's, like, the Roddy McDowell one. But, yeah, like, it's it's not for that cover, so... Without reading the whole blog post. But I thought that was interesting. That's such mm-hmm. trickery. Oh! Oh, Billy Zane was reaching for the boombox, and the critter bit his, uh... I guess two of his fingers off. Hell yeah. And then bit him right he, in the uh, stomach. That's going to mess up his spank ability. Oh, yeah. But I like, think, you can't even wrap your whole hand around it anymore. It's not going to feel the same. But he might still have enough figures, technically, though, for two in the pink, one in the stink. Hell yeah. Yeah. Here's here the sister. I think her name is April in the movie. She stabs the critter, or tries to stab the critter with the uh, pitchfork, but it like it, it just like bites the pitchfork in half. Mm-hmm. And finally, her screaming is what makes the kid go running. And, and oh yeah, see you're you're doing it the right way. You're letting people know that aren't watching it with us where we are in the movie. That's yeah. what we got to do. <laughs> yeah, well, we never do that. Well, it's a funny line too because like usually when I listen back to these things just to make sure the audio is okay before I upload them, it's like it's a fine line to walk. Either you never talk about the movie or you talk about the movie too much to where it's like a boring play by play. But sometimes you kind of have to just to discuss like where you're at mm-hmm. in the film, you know? Hell yeah. See, I'd love to have a fucking replica of this guy. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty like, you know, what's funny too. Cause there's like different size, um, mm-hmm. uh, critters in the movies. I actually prefer the kind of smaller ones like this one. Yeah. They're kind of cute. They are. <laughs> You know what's funny is this is the only one in the series again where where they change sizes. Yeah, no. There's a big one in this one, and apparently uh, that was kind of like just came up with on the spot mm-hmm. because uh, they had spent all their budget making all these little critters, and then at some point the director or writer or something, so it's probably Stephen Herrick or somebody, was like, uh, "We want to have a big critter at the end," and he's like, "Oh, we we spent our whole budget like <laughs> doing this though," so they're like, "Whatever, just throw a fucking carpet on somebody." <laughs> So it's just a really shitty costume. <laughs> yeah, it, it is, like, kind of the worst effect of the movie. And it's funny, too, because now that you mention that, because I noticed that, like, in the movie, there's, like, a line when, like, they're running by or something. I think it's, like, when they're all eating the chickens and chickens. Like, there's a line that's just, like, obviously looped in where somebody says they're getting bigger. But then there's, mm-hmm. like, an, like, an actual scene where you see, like, their faces where they go, oh, my God, they're getting bigger later. And I'm like, yeah, you just said that, like, 20 minutes ago. Like, <laughs> like oh, they, yeah. they act like it's a big shock, even though somebody actually said it earlier in the movie. <laughs> yeah, they probably screwed that up. Yeah. Okay. It's like that Bruce Campbell thing, like, from Evil Dead, where he just runs through the scene. And, the, and mm-hmm. like, eight, eight months later, they're like, could you say woodshed? It's not really clear <laughs> that you're running into the woodshed. So then he woodshed. Just goes, <laughs> and it's so obviously dubbed in. <laughs> it's so obviously. Did you ever hear that story about Kurt Russell on the set of Escape from L.A.? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Apparently Kurt Russell and, and I guess his son, when his son was like young or growing up, used to like to watch Evil Dead 2 a lot. And they always loved the woodshed line. So when Bruce Campbell got to meet Kurt Russell, Kurt Russell said, can you just say woodshed? <laughs> That's pretty awesome. I can't remember which one it is, like Above the Law or something, too. There's like a weird scene where, like, in a Seagal movie, he walks into a like a grocery store, and some guys are robbing or something's happening, and there's like somebody just like that's just casually walking out, 
and like they just loop in some line like hey how you doing well it's just like it's really like out of out of like uh like out of character out of, out of place there mm-hmm. it's, it's weird how back in the day like after they made a movie some motherfucker would sit in a room and be like how can we improve this by just looping in random dialogue mm-hmm. he looks like he just wandered in off the set of past cemetery he does. So so we kind of skipped over to the bounty hunters. That, like They take human form so they can blend in on whatever planet they're on. In this case, Earth. So they're looking like humans. So the one guy settled on Johnny Steele like, right away. The, yeah, this other guy is stingy. Can't decide. Yeah, he said something like, nothing suits me or something. So first he, first he like, you know, the first human they saw like in person, I guess, he imitated a dead cop who was like ripped apart, like looked like a zombie, all pale, the blood drained out of him. He, mm-hmm. and like so, he came in. They they think it's like the dead cop or whatever, and he sees the preacher guy. He turns into the preacher guy, and I always thought like even as a kid, I thought this part of the movie is like like really out of place because like whoever the guy is that plays the preacher, like I don't know, he just like he just looks odd. I guess <laughs> he doesn't fit in as his bounty hunter at all. No, he just kind of comes off as like a more uh, I could say like a more pedophilia version of Brad Dorf somehow. <laughs> Fun fact: Brad Dourif was in Part Four. He was. It goes full circle. He was because when I was watching my rental DVD, they actually had the trailers for all of them. So I watched all the trailers and I saw him in there, and I was shocked because I was like, "How the fuck did they afford Brad Dourif in a Critter sequel? <laughs> Direct a video Critter sequel?" Yeah. Yeah. After Part Two, they all went straight to video. I know. Isn't it so weird that there is like a time and place in our culture? Where they made like shitty low budget B movies just to fill up a video store, like mm-hmm. like people are people are like I much rather watch like Critters Four than go back and watch like Patton starring George C. Scott. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like there was no like whatever you know, I guess desire to watch classic films back then. It was just like you the nineties was the heyday of straight to video horror too. Mm-hmm. Some of it was actually not that bad compared to some of the shit that comes out now, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Like Critters 3 and 4? Exactly. <laughs> See, yeah, everybody hates Critters 3, and I assume they probably hate 4 too. But uh, that, that, for some reason, as a kid, I always really liked the third one, and that's got, uh, what's his name in there? Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. See, he peaked with the Critters 3. I kind of agree with that, too. And, like... <laughs> Like he's he's kind of like a little muppet in it too. Like they caught him like right before like his grocery. I wonder if he. See, I'm also old enough to where I was a regular viewer of the show Growing Pains, and I actually remember when Leonardo DiCaprio came on because what's his name, Kurt Cameron, didn't want to be on as much, so they had to like find like a new whatever. So like they adopted some kid, and it was like a 12 year old Leonardo DiCaprio. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of weird. And then I watched him become like this whole big star, like maybe like five, six years later. Yeah. I'm like, that's a fucking growing growing pains kid. Like, why is everybody pitching such a tent over this motherfucker? How long do you think it'll be before he acknowledges his first movie was Critters 3, though? Uh, They always go through a time when they refuse to acknowledge it. He he probably would acknowledge it more if it, it, like, uh, if if they would have like spent the whole movie uh, focusing on an ecological uh, environmental <laughs> issue, he's yeah. real passionate about that. See, he could just spin it that way. He say the critters are you know an allegory for uh, climate change. Exactly. 
Fucking not. There's, they're coming. They're going to eat us all. There's like, a, I don't know if it's like a GIF or what or, or how, because I don't think it was like on the original broadcast, but there's like some video I saw somewhere of Leonardo DiCaprio taking hits off a vape pen at like the, like the middle of either Academy Awards or Golden Globes or something. Have you ever seen that? <laughs> no. It's, yeah, it's really weird. I guess, I guess he's, uh, you know, he can't, he can't give up smoking even at the award show. This he's is the, got the dank shit in there. He, that could be too. I never thought about that. Well, you care about the environment so so much. Stop stop blowing vape juice in everybody's fucking face. Yeah, especially with this all this new stuff coming out about the vape. Exactly. If you vape with the, I think it's the vitamin E, you get the uh, instant um, the lung AIDS, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> totally eats your lungs up in a matter of minutes. That that earlier part just happened a second ago where the dad got bit like again and like his wound that they patched up. I don't know why like but that seemed like really gnarly to me when I was watching it the other day. Like the idea of getting bit a second time in like a already open wound. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was thinking about that. That always like made me cringe too. Like the idea of getting stabbed in your already stabbed wound. Yeah. But then if you think about it, that if anything that wouldn't be as bad because it's already opened up there. I wonder what kind of just a uh, weird thing we think about. I know. Well, it's it's kind of like just like that horror movie psychology of like you see somebody get cut in half, and mm-hmm. like it doesn't phase you, but you see somebody get like a uh, a knife like into their fingernail or something. You're yeah. like, oh. <laughs> yeah. The stuff that we can feel when we see it. Yeah. Anything with your teeth. Oh, this is funny. I know. Uh, Dog. Yeah, the critter actually says fuck. I don't. I don't know how this got a PG thirteen. <laughs> yeah, this is back. Well, actually, part two has titties in it. This is back when they could show wow. titties. Yeah. PG thirteen movies too. Looking at my Netflix little paper sleeve thing. Hell yeah! What did you uh, think of the the bowling pin shirts that are like a Ghostbusters ripoff? <laughs> yeah, this is. I think the year after Ghostbusters, so they they did that. Yeah. I forgot to mention like 50 minutes ago too, but like when the bounty hunters were like channel surfing up in their uh, spaceship, there was like a quick clip of a Klaus Kinsey like outer space movie. And Mm -hmm. uh, the guy who plays Charlie was in that movie too. He had like a shaved head. He played like a weirdo. Oh. So it's almost, he's kind of like an Easter egg too. I guess Charlie actually did like some writing on this movie too. Really? That's what it says. Unless it was just like, maybe uh, they let him ad-lib his own lines, and so we got a writer's credit or something. Sometimes that happens. I don't know if you remember this, but uh, like way back when, there was like a lawsuit around Forrest Gump, like after the movie came out and shit. Some guy sued saying it was based on an earlier screenplay. Maybe Charlie was the guy who wrote Forrest Gump. That'd be awesome. He wrote it for himself. Yeah, and he got because he already had the uh, the outfit and everything. <laughs> Did that guy's bowling shirt, the back of it, say Honey Boy on the back of it? Awesome. <laughs> honey Boy. Honey Boy. That's where Shia LaBeouf got the name for his his new autobiography, Honey Boy. <laughs> Shia LaBeouf. Remember that guy? Yeah. Even I, Stevens. I took a lot of heat because for years I insisted on calling him Shia LaBeouf, and there was a... A lot of defenders of great cinema that, that came after me that said, you say his name with respect, you say it the right name. He is LaBeouf. I'm like, then why the fuck did he spell it the way he spelled it? 
<laughs> I've heard it pronounced both ways, yeah. yeah. And I and I, if it was me, I'd rather be LaBeouf. LaBeouf. Yeah. I'm so tough in LaBeouf. Like exactly. Fucking, like uh, Shia LaBeouf Bagwell over here. If you had to tell everybody how buff you are, you're not that buff. Exactly. I like scenes like this too when uh, like there's like out of place alien guys or whatever like the bounty hunters here and like they just come into like 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 there's usually like this is a bowling alley with a bar but usually it's like a bar scene they walk in and like the record scratches and everybody turns around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I always thought the Johnny Steele guy that they that they cast him because he was like he he really seems as like a a cross between Tim Curry and Mick Jagger. I thought. <laughs> he does. He he looks like he just fuck, he he had to have been like uh, Tim Curry's stunt double in one of his movies. Yeah. You know what's funny too is he's in all the sequels. Also, him and Charlie are the only two that ever came back, and yeah. nobody ever recognizes as Peter Steele in any of the sequels. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> like like uh, his uh, the the his record career went to shit once uh, the word got out. Maybe maybe he went to jail like because he he was running around <laughs> shooting up this town. They they got mistaken identity. Exactly, and and the guys who are like the local like toughs in this bowling alley bar that want to fight them for like looking so flamboyant or whatever the case is, like these guys are like not tough looking at all either. Exactly. And oh, that's then, a great line. Yeah, and the one bounty hunter uh, ends up looking like Charlie the drunk, but somehow he's all like kind of half cleaned up. <laughs> They, they brought him in that day to shoot this scene, and he forgot, like, oh, yeah, you know, I, he just thought he was playing a different character. He forgot he also had to look like his other character. Because, I mean, like, when he imitated the dead cop, I mean, it was, like, down to the, the sliver of, like, you know, blood and yeah. cuts and stuff. Why, why wouldn't he look all messy like the real drunk Charlie? Exactly. They fucked up. I know. And here, you know the, the real Charlie comes out and he goes, you want me there to go do that? Mm-hmm. I always love that about the ending, too, is he fucking, he, he chases them off like, oh, can you give me one of those things you just gave Bradley there? I know. And they just, apparently they just let him go back to space with them. I know. Because <laughs> he's just there in part two. Like, I mean, I don't know how, like, hugely successful this movie was or wasn't, but, like, I almost think they could have, if they really wanted to, they could have done a, um spinoff movie with the bounty hunters yeah have them go after some different type of aliens or whatever there was like a short film that's on youtube called really? bounty hunter really? critters bounty hunter or something like that was it like a fan-made thing that was like made years later or? i think so yeah. yeah i've never seen it yet but yeah i actually watched a, see i i like critters so much that even though everybody hated that Shudder series. Mm. I actually kind of liked it. I thought it was like, uh, it's like if Lloyd Kaufman made a Critters movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, I knew it was really low budget because when they um, announced it, it was supposed to be, for, I think, for Verizon V30 service, something like that, like whatever that is. Yeah, that they, ended up going under. Yeah, I guess. It, did. it was like some kind of entertainment conglomerate. But I mean, I, I mean, I'll say it again. I think Critters. I mean, it ain't, like, a huge fucking thing, but I think it's big enough they could do another, like, theatrical movie, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, have you seen the new Critters Attacks yet? Uh-uh. I've only See, seen I Critters can finally say, 
yeah, I can finally say there's a Critters movie I didn't like. Okay. <laughs> well, without giving too many spoilers away, what was it that uh, didn't you know fit your taste there? I don't know. It's just, uh, I've already forgot about it mostly. Mm. Uh, there's, they didn't bring Charlie back. I noticed that. Like, why wouldn't you bring Charlie back? He's in all of them. Yeah. But they brought back uh, they brought back D Wallace hmm. for like thirty minutes of screen time. They did what that thing. Like, oh yeah, we got uh, a big name from the old movies, and this, you could tell they just showed up a day. Yeah, if if you're not gonna get Grimes to be in it with her, I don't know why you would get her to be honest. Mm-hmm. But I haven't seen the plot of the movie, so I can't judge it. I already forgot it. Forget. Well, to be fair, because I listen to some of your podcasts, it, it does sound like you watch about thirty-five movies a week. Because <laughs> every time you talk to either Aaron or uh, or Mac, it's always like, "Did you see that movie?" And it's like, "No, I haven't." It's like, it, but you're the one who's seen everything. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a big cinephile. Not, yeah, nothing wrong with that. See, like I'm the pedophile of cinema. Like if uh, I see a, a, a film, uh, an underage film, I just want to touch it and look at it go. naked. The, the, the newer and younger the film is, the more you want to see it. Exactly. Actually not, but yeah. it sounds good anyway. <laughs> This is actually for how like kind of tiny this house is. This is some good action that they kind of staged in here, with just burning the critters up, and he shot the ceiling fan that came down, hit the critter. Mm-hmm. I always like this part where the on fire critter rolls and jumps into the toilet. Yeah, I saw people saying that might be an homage to Ghoulies. Yeah, I mean this film has it all. You got Ghostbusters themed bowling shirts. You got the scene coming up with the ET. A doll. Um, you got Charlie. You got Charlie from Forrest Gump. You got Tim Curry from the Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> you got uh, the the sheriff guy here playing the same um, greasy ass sheriff that he played in Blood Simple. He kind of plays the same character and everything. He's yeah. in. Like I swear to God, that's the same cop uniform he wears in Blood Simple. Mm-hmm. You got Lin Shay here, always playing. It was shocking to see Lin Shay is like not an old woman in a movie. Yeah, like she, it was always weird. Like it's it's crazy how big she is now because she yeah. was always kind of in these movies, like yeah. in the background somewhere. Well, that's what happens when your brother owns the movie studio. <laughs> so. Are they brother and sister? I never knew if they were married or no, no. Yeah, they're. I I always thought they were husband and wife till I read their biographies or whatever, and I and I actually. I want to say it was that, what's it called, Shockwaves, whatever that, it's changed so many different affiliations, but there's this one big horror podcast where they did like an hour long interview with her, and she explained it all, and mm-hmm. she was like kind of doing her own thing as a, like for a while as an actress, and then finally her brother started calling her to put her in the, the, the New Line movies. But by the See, 90s, she wasn't even in New Line movies anymore, she was everywhere. Oh Yeah. See, I want to say I always recognized her from this movie. So, like, I was watching, like, Nightmare on Elm Street, and I'd be like, the teacher, that's that, that's that lady from Critters, though. Yeah. I'm fucking weird. I, like, I, I know I've said it on other shows or whatever, but, um, you know, everybody kind of has their, like, 
their jam when they were a kid. And uh, for me, like my big thing as a kid, even though I I probably didn't put two and two together, but my like looking back, like a lot of my favorite shit as a kid was New Line Cinema movies because mm-hmm. I was huge into um, huge into Nightmare on Elm Street. I was always three times bigger into Nightmare than I was Jason. It and, was uh, always my favorite of the three major yep. killers. And then, and then I really liked both critters, but especially the first one. And uh, like one of my favorite movies of all time. You ever see that other New Line movie called The Hidden? Uh, I think so. It sounds familiar. Yeah, it came out. I want to say like it came out around eighty-seven. It was like kind of a little bit like in the Terminator vein, but it was a an alien from outer space. Like again, the the themes always recurring in New Line movies. But it was like an alien from outer space came that was like this like giant like basically cockroach that would go down people's throats and control them. So it's like it's like there's a huge crime spree where like all these like you know regular people just start killing people and like they don't know why. It's, it's pretty awesome sci-fi action movie. I'm not sure if I saw that. Yeah, and I know there was like I know there's a bunch more. But even when I got older, like all the Chris Tucker movies and shit, I always liked New Line Cinema. And uh, mm-hmm. it's a shame. Uh, you probably know what happened, but 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 they dismantled the whole studio because um, they had Bob Shea had greenlit to make Lord of the Rings, like the trilogy, mm-hmm. and the assholes that owned AOL, like literally fucking America Online, they bought Time Warner, and they were like, it was before the first. Um, Lord of the Rings movie came out and they're like, You greenlit a trilogy for 130 million? What if it bombs? So like they literally just dismantled the whole fucking studio. And then the irony oh. of it is AOL like drove Time Warner's like so into the fucking ground that the only thing by within like a couple years, the only thing keeping everything going was the fucking Lord of the Rings movies grossing so much hundreds of millions of dollars. I actually didn't know that. I always thought like uh he just retired. No, yeah, they pretty much forced him out, unfortunately. That's crazy. Because, like, if you look up to, like, the lead-up to, um, like, like literally right before they did The Lord of the Rings, they were still doing a lot of low-budget movies. Mm-hmm. And, like, even during, like, they did some kind of medium-budget shit. Yeah, here's the part where he sees the shadow growing. He's like, oh, they're growing. But, um, but yeah, it's, it, and, and I don't even, like, get who the fuck New Line Cinema is now. Because, like, they kicked everybody out. They kicked Shay out. They kicked Mike DeLuca out, who really like ran it and developed all these early movies. And I don't know. Like occasionally, some movies still do come out under New Line, but I don't know who the fuck works there anymore because it's like none of the original people. It almost seems like they use it as a genre thing. Like uh, yeah. if they're making a sci-fi movie or horror movie, they'll put that logo there. They're like, we don't want to um, sully the great Warner Brothers name. Put this New Line garbage. But it's like. Yeah, it's like none of the same people. Yeah. So we can thank, uh, well, really AOL, but even even Lord of the Rings. They probably mm-hmm. would have tore it apart anyway, because AOL was like really fucked up. They were really hoity-toity, whatever asshole. Yeah, they were responsible for all those stupid-ass discs you'd get in the mail mm-hmm. and throw away. Fuck that. I worked Ruining at I worked at a video store and people used to come hound me for those discs because like out in the lobby we had like a little rack that had like auto trader magazines like free magazines and I I don't even know who would come but somebody would come like once a month and fill it up with those little discs you know <laughs> and I always get like 
is a, it almost like drug addicts like I'll suck your dick for some internet that it was coming. You got any of those discs behind the counter? I was like, we we like we don't have those. Somebody comes and fill those up. Here yeah. it is. Here here here's the, here's the ET doll. And then he rips the ET, or I guess he bites the ET's head off. Mm-hmm. And this is like a great like this kind of where you get the the what I would call what the critters mischief theme. Mm-hmm. He's ripping the doll apart, and all the other critters like, why are they going so crazy? Like ripping up all the bed sheets. And this is basically yeah. I think this is a response to the the grim other. <laughs> that was the first shot of the Sasquatch. big giant crew. <laughs> you could no, tell it was just a guy. With no, yeah, because when you watch Gritters, I mean, not Critters, when you watch Gremlins, and it plays that one song, where it's like dun, dun 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 dun, like they're just always like having fun and giggling. Mm-hmm. Like the first half of the movie, the Critters really aren't like that. I mean, they're mischievous, but they're just more all about eating fuckers and killing. But somehow, like in the third act of this movie, they're all about having a good time. They do it in part two, also the hungry heifer scene, which I, right. I actually like better than this movie. That uh-huh. scene. The mischief scene's great. It's been probably twenty years since I've seen Critters too, but I still remember that that theme song. At the hungry heifer, never get a bum steer. You know, like especially now nowadays, Zach, because like you know we have all these, uh, whatever you call it, streaming things, making a million movies, a million TV shows, like. I feel like uh, the art of, what, of like watching and rewatching shit that you liked over and over and over is like kind of gone, you know. Like, yeah, I kind of miss the old days when you would just like watch the same shit all the time because that's all there was, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, I do. I miss it too. But yeah, nowadays it's like a lot of times I, I I get in the mood where it's like, oh yeah, I'm not in the mood where I want to completely pay attention to a movie, so I'll put in something I've seen before, and that's the only time I ever do it now. Because usually it's like. Well, if, I, if I'm paying enough attention, I can. Uh, why watch something I, I know I like? Because it's like I got all the shit that I haven't seen, and I could just see something I've never seen yet. Right. You always feel like you got something to be watching. I know. Yeah, that was that was where the the Sasquatch critter, like you just seen his arm reach through the the wall. Somehow it reached through a wall and a dresser. I guess a window, and then it reached through a dresser. <laughs> To grab April and then to let her go. He's got a long ass arm. He does. Even though their their arms are kind of small in proportion to their size. I know, <laughs> like like insanely long. <laughs> <laughs> and like when you see him later, he, I mean he's big, he's human size, but he, I, I don't. He's I don't, not. Yeah, not big enough for that arm. <laughs> yeah, he don't have a twenty two foot long arm. <laughs> But but you know like I never really put two and two together until seeing again that when you look at the critter's poster that has the big critter like I guess that is the giant critter I just thought it was like an out of proportion just picture yeah he's just closer to the camera yeah I actually got uh, the original poster for two and three really mm-hmm. I got the like I don't have the one. Uh, the better poster for part two with the them in the critter ball. I got the uh, yeah. basically it just looks like the part one poster with the two next to the critter. I seen that. Yeah, I seen that. I, w- I was looking up posters the other day and I saw that and I was like, was that like a teaser poster where they didn't even have like the new artwork made? Yeah, I want to say the one with the uh, the ball on it is only a video poster. It might be because they didn't want to spoil the big uh, whatever. Spoiler yeah. that uh, they turn into a ball. 
Mm-hmm. But the, but like when they turn in the ball, don't they? Aren't they like eating shit that they run over to? <laughs> yeah, it's just like as they roll over, they all open their mouths and bite you. <laughs> mm-hmm. They roll over a guy laying on the ground. Yeah, and then he's just like a skeleton or something. Yeah. Here's a fun fact. Charles Chiodo based the design of the Krites on Looney Tunes character Taz, the Tasmanian Devil. Here's a fun fact. After Charles Chiodo admitted that publicly, he was sued for copyright infringement. Really? (laughs) I mean, why would you say that? It's so obvious. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't know that one. Yeah. So yeah, here the bounty hunters are just destroying their house, blowing it up. But to be fair with with critters, you kind of have to like blow everything up just to get them. Because mm-hmm. we never talked about the bounty hunters. Their guns—they're basically like these like uh, telescoping, rotating like cannon things that like blow everything up with explosives. Mm-hmm. Looks like a boner. Yeah, and then they always show it, you know, with the sound effect like. Like the, the, that, they're all like sucking in and expanding. Mm-hmm. It's kind of funny that the that the old uh, cop. Um, I always fucking blank on this guy. Is this guy's name M.M. at Walsh? Is that the guy's name? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. M.M. at Walsh. He shows up like he's really going to kick some ass with these critters, and he just basically gets out of the way of the uh, bounty hunters. Mm-hmm. I would too. Oh yeah. <laughs> I kind of. They kinda, actually. No, I was just going to say, I kind of like how the bounty hunters aren't really even good in this movie. Yeah, they kind of fuck up a lot. But yeah, they actually uh, replaced him in the sequel, Critters 2. Like, that scene I remember so much, too, when uh, uh, the the dad runs up and he throws that, uh, that, like, whatever it was, pole from the closet. And the the sound it makes, the little fake sound, like the chunk, whatever. Like, I remember mm-hmm. that, like, so well. It was so bizarre seeing it the other night. But but why would he throw his pole down when, when he was clinging to that weapon the whole time to try to defend himself? Like, isn't he afraid some uh, critters are going to roll out? Yeah. Also, too, we never mentioned that the cat, which the little boy's trying to go through the house to go find now, this cat's been jumping around and screaming the whole movie. He ended up eating the kid's uh, supper before. But the cat's name is Chewy. And we all know since it, since you know Critters came out eighty six, but it took a full ten years. It, it went into production nineteen seventy six. I think George Lucas seen a rough cut of uh, either the work print or maybe he just saw the script, and that's where he got the name of Chewbacca from. Oh, really? Yeah, that's crazy. Every everybody involved with Critters will tell you, oh, it, it can't. It was made being made before everything. <laughs> I didn't know that. See, you know more about Critters than me. I just remember them saying that like over and over. That was a good reaction. Like that cat was freaking out in that kid's hands, scratching shit out of him. Mm-hmm. But um, there oh, it is. Sasquatch. <laughs> Wonder who has that costume? The Goodwill. I remember seeing like an on-set picture of like the whole crew, mm-hmm. and one of them was wearing that costume, oh, and it looks fucking even. <laughs> it looks hilarious in broad daylight. Yeah. And you know what the thing that's kind of like weird about it? Like I guess they they thought, "Oh, you know, we need a big one to be more menacing." But like it it they it's really not any more scarier than the small ones. Mhm. Like the, to me the small ones are actually scary cuz they roll away so quick. Mhm. Whereas that thing I I have I had I, I kind of had to 
uh, what do you call it, suspend my disbelief the other night that the um, the bounty hunters wouldn't be able to blow that thing up as it lumbered away. <laughs> mm. They probably, uh, they, they were probably like, oh, well, it was probably while they were making it, they probably knew it was like, oh, yeah, we're so limited with the electronics. Maybe it won't seem like these are as, uh, you know, I don't know. Because they did get better on the electronics for the second one. Yeah. Well, I'm sure because this one probably made money, they probably gave them uh, more of a budget to work with the special effects. Mm-hmm. Speaking of uh, special um, special opportunities, I just want to take this time to uh, let everybody know from our good friends over at Quiver Distribution, uh, hit up your local VOD retailer, <laughs> check out The Fanatic starring John Travolta, <laughs> Academy Award winning John Travolta, directed by uh, Limp Biscuit frontman Fred Durst, The Fanatic, now playing Limp VOD Biscuit. systems everywhere. That's right. The biscuits limp, babe. I think it was you and Aaron. I couldn't believe one of the the, the episodes I heard you guys talking. Um, you guys were like r- rattling off all the names of like all the limp biscuit albums. You guys knew them all. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty sad. Yeah, three dollar bill, y'all. Yep. Like I know the first three. I know the three dollar bill. What was the significant other? And then uh, chocolate starfish and <laughs> hot dog flavor. After that, I never knew about what was a golden cobra or whatever. Results may vary. Result, okay, yeah. Results uh, the unquestionable truth. Yeah. And then gold cobra. Gold cobra, yeah. And then the newest one, the stampede of the disco elephants, that's been rumored to come out for like eight years now. Yeah, I read that. I actually went and like started reading their Wikipedia after hearing you guys talking that episode. <laughs> Did we make them sound interesting? <laughs> you kind of did, but then when I got the facts, it was, oh, here's the uh, full-size critter pulling uh, his sister April into the spaceship, which I didn't mm. understand. Why were they taking her? It's just like a snack for like when they flew away or something. Yeah, they're like it's like whenever you go to a restaurant, you get the to-go. Yeah, you, you got to take something home. Yeah, she she's like the dessert or whatever that they're going to take. Mm-hmm. So basically, the critters just landed on Earth, like not to take over or breed or anything. They basically just stopped to get something to eat before they flew away. Like that's pretty much the plot <laughs> of the movie, right? <laughs> yeah, and if you notice, every time they tried to eat somebody, they got fucking foiled. So they had to yeah. fucking they couldn't eat the whole body. So like we're gonna take this with us. Yeah, couldn't finish the cow. Uh, they, I guess they couldn't finish the cop. Yeah, <laughs> the boyfriend. The Billy Zane. Yeah, they couldn't finish him. Because uh, then uh, Bradley came in and threw the, what was it, the firecracker and the critter mm-hmm. ate it. I, I, See, that's all he wanted was the, they were just hungry. Yeah. But it's misunderstood. I will say, even as a kid, it kind of grossed me out that um, that little appliance effect of when the, the critter shoots you with this porcupine quill thing. You, mm-hmm. you kind of get like this nasty like space herpy on your skin <laughs> where it hits you. Yeah, seen it in Blu-ray. It looks like a big walda, like a chewed-up piece of gum they just stuck on her. Does it? Yeah. I was, you know, this is kind of like we haven't really talked about this too much because this is this is uh, even though there is an ensemble cast, all these different characters, it doesn't do it as much as other movies at the time did. But there is like a thing of like these movies back then, Zach, where like 
I guess to get kids into the movie, there'd always be like a young kid who knew more about what was going on than than all the adults or anything, and he knew what to do and he knew how to save shit. And like, yeah, that's basically how this ends too. Is uh, the little boy here? He's going to end up throwing his giant homemade uh, M80 firecracker into the critter ship, which. See, he's lucky, like, all that time he spent studying, like, these terrorists or something. Yeah. You know, Maybe he bought, the, he bought that anarchist cookbook, whatever that was. Yeah, he did. The one that gets you on all the, uh, the FBI <laughs> watch list and you buy yeah. it or something. <laughs> he forgot to light it, though. Yeah. Well, he couldn't. His lighter wasn't working. But, but Charlie Finkley has a Molotov cocktail. See, fucking, that's why you need a town drunk around. Exactly. They always got the fucking whiskey in their pocket. That's going to save your life one day. It would have been great if Charlie just would have done, like, a flamethrower. Like, he just would have, like, because his breath is so alcoholic, he just could have blew his breath <laughs> over the flame and made a flamethrower. You know what's funny, too, is in real life, he probably would have thrown that and the rag would have just fell out of it. Exactly. That always seems to happen. So they they don't I don't think they really even show it that clearly. So he throws a Molotov cocktail in there, and then obviously it's catching on fire. But they don't really even show that for that long. But like I guess you're supposed to surmise the fire eventually lights the firework. Is that what you thought, Zach? Yeah, like it just it does. It, it never shows it actually anything happening inside. They just kind of fly off. You assume oh it didn't work, and then it finally does. Yeah, the critters actually as they're flying off they stop to uh, shoot the family's house and blow it up. As one last fuck you. Yeah. yeah. As you would, and then they laugh. And then they laugh. Okay, it oh, does okay, show. Yeah, they, do, they do show the firework lighting up. There's no fire around it, but I guess we're just supposed to... Yeah, they couldn't afford it in their budget. Could you imagine a kid's homemade firework blowing up a spacecraft like that's like thick enough <laughs> yeah. it to fly throughout a space? Yeah, it's not made of wood. Probably. They, should, they should have showed it like next to the fuel tank or something. Mm-hmm. But you know what's it's funny though, like that big moment of the critters blowing up and all that bullshit. It really means nothing because they were leaving anyway. <laughs> yeah, they won already. Yeah, they the critters won. I mean, whether you kill them afterwards or not, they still won. <laughs> and then they didn't even kill them all. There's there's some left over. I think they really had this kid, uh, Grimes, running around nonstop because he's always, like, dripping sweat in this movie, and everybody else is completely, like, cool and clear, like, like not yeah. a drop of sweat on them. Mm-hmm. They probably just sprayed him down. Yeah, here, here comes the part of Charlie. Hey, could you give me one of those gizmos you gave Brett? <laughs> Meanwhile, he's he's chasing a guy who literally stole his face. <laughs> <laughs> And then he just leaves. Yeah. So they're like, yeah, you come with us. He's like, okay. I don't fucking like Brad enough. Yeah, they really don't say. Like, it's not like the, it's not like they show them, like, Charlie getting in the spaceship with them. Like, he's just chasing them, like, following them away. It's hard to believe they actually took that annoying-ass drunk with them. <laughs> <laughs> he promised to get cleaned up if he could just go to space. That'd be like, uh... If you were going on vacation or something and, like, you picked up a homeless guy, like, near the the freeway ramp by your house and just <laughs> took him with you. Why not? He's, he's kind of funny. Yeah. 
this uh, uh the only special feature on the original DVD releases of this uh none of the sequels had any special features except for the trailer this one had a uh, it's, it's funny because it's the only thing they actually have that is technically a special feature it's an alternate ending of the movie they don't list it in the package at all mm-hmm. they don't they don't like you know they don't put a special features part they make it a fucking uh, what are those called those easter uh egg. Yeah. easter egg yeah. yeah i had to find it and then just <laughs> it's basically the same they just they stay fucked their their house stays fucking broken down yeah so, so like they literally like and i would have thought that that this would have had been the original ending even though it wasn't i guess they did a reshoot but like it seems like it would have took like, like this end part where the whole house like somehow like like basically it falls apart in, in reverse motion so it looks like all oh, this big pile of rubble is actually reforming into this house. To me, mm-hmm. this looks like this special effect would have cost more than the rest of the movie combined. Kind of. <laughs> yeah, because they probably had to build a house and then they, yeah tear it down. And again, critters being you know oh it took so long to be in production. In, in in no way is that like the ending of Weird Science, where the old busted up house like completely <laughs> fixes itself either. Yeah, they probably were like they probably noticed the same thing we just did. Like the critters won. Like, yeah. what does it matter that they, we can't have them stay fucked? Like, we need their house to be normal. And how weird is it that the bounty hunters had the power to do that? Because the little boy <laughs> pressed the button on the little remote control they gave him. So instead of they them just doing that themselves to give these people their house back. Which also too, they halfway blew up inside. I mean, even before the critters completely demolished it, it was pretty fucked anyway. Mm-hmm. But the bounty hunters weren't even nice enough to use the remote control themselves. They're like, "Here you go. If you figure out how to press the buttons on this magic thing." Mm-hmm. And then part two, it, it, it's uh, it doubles as a, a way to call them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's how they that. call them back because the critters are there. Because yeah. the, here we see there's critter eggs in the hen house. Which, uh, I mean, how long is it going to be before they go out to the hen house and notice those? I, well, I, th- I think about four years, because if you notice how <laughs> young the boy is in this one and how he's like a grown man in the sequel. But, yeah. but aren't you supposed to believe it was like three days later? <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Actually, no, I think it starts out with him coming to his family's already moved out. Okay. And yeah. he's coming to visit his grandma. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He visits the grandma. Yeah, I need to see that. I, I gotta grab that box set here soon. But yeah, I, like uh, when you brought this up, I was actually pretty psyched to do it because been a long time since I've seen it. And you know, it was another thing that was weird. Do you remember this? Well, I'm sure you do because I heard you talk about this movie. But even though it came out like like four or five years after this, it, in the uh, the nin- the first uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie, they have mm-hmm. Raphael going to the theater to see Critters, the first one. Exactly. Even Probably though, because it was yeah. a New Line Cinema movie. Exactly. But why was he and seeing the, such an old movie? <laughs> yeah. And then uh, in the Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3, that scene where he pulls her through the TV, mm-hmm. that scene starts out with her flipping through the channels as she watches Critters for a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. I do remember that. Maybe they were just like, man, Critters never got a fair shake. We want to beat this into people to watch that movie again. Talk about New Line was the originators of the whole cinematic universe thing. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> I just noticed that Nadine, the girl that played the sister, she was on Munchies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember seeing that on IMDb, and I was like, what are the chances that somebody's going to be in this and Munchies? <laughs> 
Did you ever see any of the sequels to Munchies? No. It, it, isn't part two, like, shitty? Like, it's just called Munchie and it's just one of them? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Voiced by Dom DeLuise. Oh. It's, it's so fucking ridiculous. For some reason, me and Mac talk about that movie all the time. We did commentaries for them. Yeah. Yeah, I only seen the first one, and I remember it was, like, after the heyday of Critters and Gremlins, and uh, one of my friends, this little girl that lived down the street, she was all, like... I can't remember what it was on. It was like it was like on cable or something. I remember going over it. like like all she talked about it was it, and like we ended up watching it on TV. And like I mean, it, don't get me wrong, like I liked it, but I mean, and I think I saw it a couple times afterwards on like just over the air TV, like Sunday afternoons. They used to always play like shitty B movies. And uh, mm-hmm. when I grew up in Cincinnati, <laughs> there was two channels. One was Channel Nineteen, and then they were both independent stations for a long time. The other one was I think Star Sixty Four. And, like, uh, for years, there was a few years we didn't have cable, so I would always, on Sunday, see what, what movies they were playing. Fucking Munchie was always on there. <laughs> Oddly enough, uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt's first movie. She's like a kid in it. In the first Munchies? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I always forget it every time, it every time we watch it. I bought it a couple years ago. I don't even know why. I guess because it was cheap, but I've never watched it yet. But I bought this movie called Hop Got Ones. You ever hear of that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I haven't even watched it yet. It might even, it was like one of those vinegar syndrome ones. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know. I think I, I, there was a time period where I bought like maybe five, six, seven vinegar syndrome movies. Mm-hmm. And then like just, just movies I never even heard of. But I'm like, oh, this looks, you know, whatever. They were like 16 bucks. So I was like, yeah, I don't I don't buy those ones anymore. <laughs> Vinegar Syndrome recently put out uh one of my favorite slash movies growing up, fucking uh, Psycho Cop Two. Really? You ever see it? <laughs> I don't think so. They put oh, out man. they put out one of my favorite slasher movies too. I think it was last Black Friday I picked up the cutting class. Oh yeah. With Brad Pitt. Nice. Yeah. And Jill Sholin is in yeah. that one? Yeah, I really like Jill Sholin. And I still haven't watched my Blu-ray because I have the DVD of it and I watch it so many damn times. But um, it's it, uh, Cutting Class is like always on... Um, I can't. I don't know which is... Because right now I have uh, I have Showtime and Stars, And one of them, like, like the real shitty channel that's like not even in high def. Like every other night I flip through, they're playing Cutting Class. So people are still discovering... Like to, Brad, Brad Pitt can't uh, d- disallow that one from his filmography because they're playing that mm-hmm. shit every night on cable. I need to send you. Uh, I got a file. I ripped the the movie. I need to send you Psycho Cop too because it's it's freaking hilarious. Was there? It was direct. It's directed by the same guy that did. You ever watch uh, Detroit Rock City? Oh yeah, Rifkin. Yeah, he went under a fake name for it. Really? Mm-hmm. Was was there like what's the story behind Psycho Cop One? Is it good or? Uh, actually, no. It's it's not very good. It's very B movie, but part two it's the same, but it's it's just hilarious. Yeah, Adam Rifkin actually did some good movies early on. Um, I want to see. There's one about two guys on a road trip that he did. I think I saw a few years ago. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I think it had like Peter Berg or somebody in it. I have to look it up. I could be being mistaken, but yeah, I, I like some Rifkin shit. I'd, I'd I'd fuck with it. He did that weird ass uh, dark backward movie. I haven't seen that one. That's a weird one. I about saw, like a stand-up comic that grows another arm out of his back or something. 
and it just makes it part of his act. You know, that sounds familiar. I might have seen that like years ago or something. I forget who it is that's in that. But yeah. So that's it for Critters. I'm looking at the menu screen. You got play movie, setup options, select a scene, original theatrical trailer, more from New Line, and DVD ROM online features. You ever you ever pop in a DVD every now and then, and it, it tells you if you put it in your computer, you can like read the script online. Like, I remember that. Yeah, I was yeah. never able to do that. Yeah, I wonder if anybody ever did it. To be honest with you. Yeah, they're like, why would I want to read? I'm watching the movie. Exactly. I think I did. I can't remember what movie it was. I think it was actually a New Line movie. Maybe it was the Freddy box set, the DVD box set. But I remember yeah, doing that one yeah. time, and then like it loaded up the screenplay, and I'm like, why am I looking at this? <laughs> <laughs> See, if they had the original screenplay, did you know that movie was originally going to be directed and written by uh, Peter Jackson? Which one? Uh, Freddy's Dead. Oh, Freddy's Dead? No, I I, I read, because um, one of the guys that used to always write for Fangoria wrote one of the drafts, like David Shaw or something like that. Mm-hmm. And like they did, like like way before the movie got made, they did like like a, like the whole development hell of it. And, like, yeah, like, I knew that... Peter Jackson, what was the thing he was going to do? It was, like, a cult of Freddy worshippers or some shit like that? Uh, no, that's... Uh, Freddy vs. Jason was going to do that. I think okay. uh, Peter Jackson's was, like... It was going to take place a couple years after Part 5. And, basically, all the kids were, like... They think Freddy's a joke. So, they, they'll, like, oh, dare themselves yeah, yeah, to go that, to sleep. That's the one where they, them. they go... Yeah, they, they, like, take drugs. And then, like, they all beat them up in the dream world. Yeah... I think that actually would have been kind of interesting, to be honest with you. Yeah, especially if Peter Jackson was doing it with his his older horror movies stuff. Yeah, like Meet the Feebles and all that shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was... I mean, I don't want to, like, shit on him because I don't even know what he's trying to do now, but uh, back in the day, Peter Jackson was actually pretty... I actually really, really liked The Frighteners. You like that movie? I like that movie, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like a nice mix of, like, the leftover 80s sensibility with, like, the 90s, you know? Because you got Michael J. Fox in it playing, like, a quirky, wacky character, you know? Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Probably the last uh, movie he got to play with that, that kind of character. Yeah, I, I agree. Can't even think of what he did after that. And then all his uh, disease things set in, but mm-hmm. sucks. I was a huge Michael J. Fox kid. But that oh yeah, that's uh that's it for critters. Any last parting words? I mean, I I think this movie is like, you know, seeing it again as an adult too. Like, I mean, I don't like judge harshly movies that I loved as a kid. You know, some are some you rewatch as an adult, some are better than others. But um, watching this again, it's pretty. It's pretty for what it is. It's pretty well made and constructed. The I, like I think the cinematography is actually really good. Like even on this shitty ancient uh, DVD, like mm-hmm. some of just the shots and stuff, the composition, the lighting. Like like I think it's actually like I would actually put it above the. You know, it, it is very B movie ish with the critters and stuff. But I mean, just the production of the movie, I I think they did a really good job on it. Like I, it's not like a cheap super cheapo piece of shit or anything yeah the whole critter series is actually one of those series that like i can't judge it as an adult because every time i watch it i feel like i'm a kid again yeah like i just i've been watching it since i don't know it's just yeah it was always in rotation with me for some reason yeah yeah like i i took a break of a few years from it but um 
apparently I watched the shit out of it because like I knew this movie almost by heart, firing, firing it up the other day. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so that's it for critters. I want to thank you, Zach, for stopping by. Thank you. No problem. Why don't you tell everybody everything you're involved in? Yeah, you check it out. Uh, Revival House Network. We got, you know, we we got Mag and Zach say the world. It's the network, and then we got different podcasts on it. Mag and Zach say the world's one of them. BTM podcasts. It's pretty donk. Yeah, I want to sh- throw a shout. I know I kept mentioning them, but I want to throw a shout out to uh, Aaron from uh, Revival House Network. I I was looking at your guys' YouTube page, and um, mm-hmm. when the movie uh, Joker came out. Did you see this? He did a video where he put himself in full clown makeup. Yeah, he, had he like full clown, Yeah, he had like clown suspense. I mean, it, it's not just like he was just fucking around and slapped on. Like it was pretty good makeup. He put he put on like a whole like like not like a not like a silly like um like clown whatever like puffy outfit. But he he had some like weird clothes on. Like he did like uh, I think he did suspenders and shit. Like, it was actually, like, really good. And, like, I was sitting there thinking, because, you know, I actually started out on YouTube even before I did podcasting. And it's like, you sit here and make these videos. And even if you're just sitting there, like, talking and then you're editing it later, it takes hours to upload these things. And then, like, nobody, let's be honest, nobody watches this shit. Nobody appreciates it for what, the fact that he sat there and put that fucking makeup on. <laughs> it probably took him three hours from start to beginning to make that video. And, I, w- I want to say, like, I was impressed by that. So good job, mm-hmm. Aaron. I like to think uh, he didn't even buy those suspenders. He just he wears that shit. He's a Poindexter. Yeah, it was kind. Of, it, it kind of tripped me out because with the suspenders, you know what it reminded me of? It was kind of like those Mork and Mindy suspenders. You remember those? <laughs> like Robin Williams wore Mork and Mindy. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. So check check everything out, and also on um, like uh, Zach was saying, Revi- Revival House Network. They got like uh, it's really cool because uh, it all kind of grew out from the original behind the mask um, podcast. So like they mm-hmm. just have a great archive of uh, they're always uploading older shows along with brand new like newly recorded shows. And uh, they you guys recently uh, added exploited cinema, which I was like uh, a part time host yeah. of towards the end. So yeah, you were on there. I was a, so ev- eventually uh, you know my old episodes. I've been going back re-listening to uh, starting from the beginning of Bath Thirty Two and J Dog, listening to that journey. So yeah, mm-hmm. so uh, I I catch the Revival House uh, Network on Spotify, but I'm sure you can catch it just about anywhere out there, really, if you want to. And mm-hmm. it's just it's just a great feed to keep an eye on. And uh, even if you don't download all of them, you can just kind of scroll through and see what they got going on. And Mm-hmm. Like like every week, I I listen to something new that you guys recorded. Sometimes I listen to something you guys recorded like five years ago. It's really cool. Yep, you can also like uh, the the Revival House Network feed has all the stuff. But you could also like if you just like you know exploited cinema and you just want those, you could go to the special one that's just that, mm-hmm. and you just get that stuff, baby. Yeah, because by the way, exploited cinema, as far as I know, it hasn't even been available for like four or five years. So mm-hmm. the archive, yeah. There was a weird like uh, server mess up uh, yeah. at the 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 host uh, website because we had to deal with that too. So yeah, yeah everything that yeah everything that was yeah. lost was I lost my wow. original podcast with that shit. Too. I, I still have all the files or whatever, but but yeah, it's not available anymore. So mm-hmm. 
So yeah, so I want to thank you, Zach. I hope you had a good time. You picked a really awesome movie. Um, it probably would have been fun to talk about any movie, really, but it, mm-hmm. it was extra fun that we got to sit down and talk about Critters tonight. Um, with this show in particular, like we kind of we kind of do like the slow build. I think we have our core little group of listeners, but you know, every time we do a classic movie, uh, you know, just over like literally over years the show just keeps getting downloaded and downloaded and downloaded and mm-hmm. i really think i think critters probably holds a soft spot in a lot soft spot in a lot of people's hearts the way it does you know you and i so i, th- I think i think people will be hearing us on this episode for years to come so obviously you're yeah, invited yeah. back anytime you'd like to be uh like to swing on by so hell thank- yeah you, same to you baby thank you so yeah so we'll we'll keep the uh the shovels uh you know, digging up these classics and uh, everybody uh, in the spirit of the critters gorging themselves on all the inhabitants of Grover's Bend, stuff yourself with turkey and mashed potatoes and shit. So everybody have a good Thanksgiving. Hell yeah.